Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. All right, welcome into another episode of Locked On Bills, brought to you by Cover One. Uh, no Eric today, it's Nate Geary and Dan Lavoie here from our Cover One contributors. And we're here to bring you the preview between the Buffalo Bills and Denver Broncos. The Bills coming into the game 1-1, one and one, the Broncos at 2-0. and oh. let's, not, uh, let's not dance around, let's get right into it, Dan. And in terms of you know what the Bills are going to be facing this week, let's focus first on the offensive side of the ball where... Um, maybe they're getting the most talked about. Um, it's not every day that they're always talking about the offense on this team without Peyton Manning, but um, Trevor Simeon coming into this game looks like he's really in his own and specifically in, in a rhythm uh, that I haven't seen him really play with yet. Yeah, I think once he finally kind of took the reins over from Paxton Lynch and said, I'm going to be the guy this year, he's he's really stepped up and looks very comfortable in Mike McCoy's offense. He He's been passing accurately. He's moving around in the pocket, avoiding pressure. And he really looks like the, the leader that this team was looking for on offense. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's coming off a 231-yard, four-touchdown and interception performance against, you know, I, I think that Dallas defense is going to have some trouble stopping the pass this year. Just their defensive backfield is pretty inexperienced. But I thought he did a really good job exploiting um, window throws, which is something that, you know, we've talked a lot about here in Buffalo. We know about those difficulty in rhythm window throws that he's really been over the first two games making pretty routinely. Um, but, you know, in terms of where this offense goes, I, I don't think right now this is an offense that's going to be built around Trevor Simeon, more or less. I think it's built around a two-headed monster right now that I think they have going out of the backfield, hedged by, of course, C.J. Anderson, who mo- most importantly is healthy. And I think they're seeing and they're reaping the benefits that – the Denver offense is reaping the benefits of, of him being healthy because he really is a workhorse back. And then you have like maybe the perfect offset back in Jamal Charles is a guy who's much more speedy, who at this point in his career can't carry a full load. So I think it's a perfect situation for both these guys. Yeah, the, the running offense is really very strong for Denver this year. Uh, and it all starts with Anderson, who's kind of a do-everything back for them. He can go out and run, run the ball. He's had four receptions for 43 yards this year. Uh, he's also a great pass protector too. So he's, he's the kind of uh, do it all running back that they can throw into the game and you have no idea pre-snap uh, what the play call is going to be. And that's playing to their benefit and help them have such a successful running game at the start of the season. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the offensive line and, and, you know, that's where we absolutely have to go next because you look at the offensive line as a unit that I thought coming into the, well, into last week's game was a really improved unit from a year before, obviously spending a first round pick on Garrett Bowles, but he's a guy that's going to be out this week. He's week to week with a bone bruise with his ankle. So that number one rush attack, it's not the bills any longer after last week's performance, the Denver Broncos are in first place in terms of yards per game at 159. This is a team that's running the ball really effectively right now, but they lose one of their most athletic and maybe their most important offensive linemen in Garrett Bowles this week. Yeah, and I think what we saw last week against the Cowboys uh, was an area that the Bills should be able to exploit if they do similar things to the scheme that they pulled off against the Panthers. Uh, Dallas mostly just rushed four. They weren't really playing with the gaps or trying to 
uh, mess up the defensive alignments at all. Uh, and, and they didn't really try to do anything to confuse Denver's line. I know that Denver has a, a good number of experienced veterans on that line, but uh, they, they mostly played it uh, safe and simple uh, for the Cowboys. And I think that that kind of backfired for them as they weren't able to generate a lot of pressure against those players, uh, ex- except for the occasional win on the outside uh, when Donald Stevenson had to come in. Uh, Men- Menelik Watson also had a couple instances. Uh, that contrasts a lot to the Bills, who were doing a lot of simulated pressure up the A-gap with their linebackers against the Panthers, and that played very well for them against Carolina. So that's one area where we might see the Bills have a little bit of success, is if they can attack the edges with their defensive ends, because we've already seen Jerry Hughes right. and Shaq Lawson start off start off well. And then uh, can they disrupt the interior by uh, throwing in some some blitzes and, and other things to try and uh, mess up the protection calls. Yeah, I think you're totally right about the the A-gap pressure and how important it'll be this week against a guy like Simeon, who, who is 6'3", 220. He's a big guy. Um, he's prototypical size. So he's the sort of guy you have to get off his spot. And, and the thing is, with what he's been doing so well in these early games, and even so in the preseason as well, is get, getting rid of the ball on his third step. And it's very difficult for a defense, no matter what you do, if you're throwing a four-man rush or you're blitzing, if you can't get that quarterback off his spot, he's going to pick you apart because the thing is on those three-step drops, those, those quick plays, those are plays that quarterbacks like Simeon, um, you know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, he does the same things. He's, they're comfortable with those short seven, five, you know, five, six, seven-yard plays that you know, a lot of quarterbacks aren't comfortable doing that down the course of a field on a drive, 10, 15 plays, but it's the guys that are comfortable in their skin and, and sort of with the offense and what it shows and knowing that those are good plays, you know, six and seven yards. Simeon's the kind of guy that's thriving in that offense. Yeah, and I think it, it comes first and foremost to throw something at him that he's not expecting. And uh, if he gets out of his rhythm, you can start causing him to make mistakes. And he's, he's certainly capable of making mistakes. He did, he did quite a few uh, last year in terms of fumbles and interceptions. So he's not a foolproof quarterback. And if the Bills can get some hands in the passing lanes – or disrupt the timing of his initial drop back, I think that'll be huge for them to try and at least uh, lower, uh, lower the offensive momentum going into this game. Uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are not at all going to be an easy cover for our defense. And so I think it, it kind of comes down to, can we create enough pressure and, and at, at least cover enough gaps that we need, they need Trevor Simeon to put the game onto his arm? It's almost a little crazy to me that we got through this whole offensive breakdown and didn't even really mention the wide receivers, but that's just where this offense is right now. It's sort of clicking, and you don't even talking about the, in my opinions, elite wide receivers you have on the outside. And, I mean, these are guys that are both coming off 1,000-yard seasons from Trevor Simeon last year. So they have that rapport. They're in year two together, and it's an offense. And, listen, this is an offense without that tight end that I feel like Denver has always had and has had for a long time. They just don't have that elite pass catching tight end but this is an offense that's unique um it's multiple and they're definitely going to throw a lot especially um in 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 what you can expect to see in a lot of zone running but what you can expect to see is a lot of cj anderson and likely a lot of uh, jamal charles as well but uh before we get into the defensive side of the things i want to remind you that uh, the lockdown bills and cover one is now partnered with pro football focus so uh be sure to check out our partners at pro football focus at pff Dot com. Um, but let's get into the defense now, Dan, where I think this is maybe the most frustrating part of this breakdown is seeing 
you know, the elite defense that the Bills faced last week in Carolina and what they're going to go up against this week, man, it's just, it's going to be really difficult, especially seeing what the Bills put on film last week and what Denver is likely seeing in pre-gaming for, um, for this game is, I think you have to, as a defense, run a lot of zone against the Bills um, and make Tyrod Taylor pick apart zones because that's really what, in my opinion, right now, he's struggling with more than anything. And he doesn't really have that trust to throw 50-50 balls against man. But you, you, you see that, in my opinion, you, that 50-50 chance is maybe a little bit more than the chances that Tyrod's going to beat you in the zone. So this defense, I, I mean, let's start right up front where I think it's maybe the most lethal, and that's at the defensive line. And, and that's not Von Miller. They run a, a traditional 3-4 defense. They do some, um, some pretty unique stuff, though, um, with Von Miller in that aspect. But, um, you know, I, the first guy that pops up to me on my screen is always going to be Derek Wolf, and, and you know, but there are other guys in that defensive line. You know, every week I get questions about fantasy advice, uh, betting advice. You know, who they should bet on this week: the Patriots or the Steelers, Chicago or Detroit. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on, and that's why I always tell people: you know, go to mybookie.ag. My bookie has been in business for many years. It's got a rock solid rep. Uh, they do 100% cash bonuses, so. Uh, You're making money uh, for doing nothing. They pay you back in two days. So all your winnings, you'll get it in your account in two business days. This is a company that I believe in. I I think that uh, I should give it a shot. Like I said, they pay out in two days. Uh, They'll give you bonuses. Uh, They have in-game, live betting, and uh, the most rewarding player perks in the business. Check it out. You go onto their mobile site. You'll see it's very easy to navigate and uh, makes wagering a breeze. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, that's an excellent group, and they completely dominated the Dallas Cowboys up front uh, this past week. Uh, we, we all thought that LaShawn McCoy was having a bad game until Ezekiel Elliott had to show him up uh, a few hours later. Uh, it just it was a dominant performance from a really disciplined and very strong defensive front. Uh, these are guys who can cover multiple gaps, not make mistakes. They have the power to, to compress the pocket. And it's, it's a very dangerous look for uh, Tyrod Taylor, who, who's not uh, comfortable when he gets the pocket compressed. It's also very dangerous for the outside zone runs that the Bills want to set up because they struggled the same way last week when they got – uh, gaps closed off or uh, unexpected pressure coming from one of them, uh, it, it really erased the cutback opportunities, and, and it's tough to go up against. Yeah, Domata Peco, too, is another guy right in the middle that they got in the offseason that I think is a really nice addition. He's a nice run stopper. He'll play nose tackle for them. Um, so that's going to be an interesting situation, especially knowing what the Bills I, – I, I thought that the Bills' offense line really struggled more in run blocking than it did pass blocking last week. Obviously, there was issues on both sides of those – um, you know, both sides of the coin there. But you look at where you're really going to see the most problems, and that's really at the linebacker group um, with a guy, obviously, Von Miller's the guy that everyone's going to talk about. But Brandon Marshall's a great, uh, great inside linebacker, has a ton of coverage skills, and he's a guy that is really going to give the Bills, in my opinion, fits. But obviously, it's the guy that's going to be playing at the line of scrimmage, a guy that's likely to be going up against Jordan Mills, who last week was just less than impressive against um, an aging Julius Peppers. I mean, still a large guy and a big guy, but, um, you know, Julius Peppers looked like he was 28 again. And that's not the kind of thing you want to see the week before you're playing Von Miller. Yeah, no, uh, this is 
probably the biggest mismatch in the NFL this coming week is Von Miller, who's probably the best pass rusher in the NFL against Jordan Mills, who's one of the worst tackles in the NFL. Uh, Denver had something like 22 quarterback hurries against the Cowboys. Uh, 21 of those came from their outside linebackers, Shaquille Barrett and Von Miller. And, and they just uh, completely dominated the tight ends and the tackles that they were going up against. And, uh, so you're going to see this uh, with Cordy Glenn having sprained his ankle and still has uh, issues with his other foot. Uh, he's, he's not likely to play this week. And so we have a rookie, Deion Dawkins, starting at left tackle uh, and Jordan Mills at right tackle. It's, just, it's not going to be pretty for sure. Yeah, and, and you hate to go into a game thinking it's not going to be pretty. But, uh, I mean, listen, it, it's not a good situation. Your best pass-blocking offensive lineman and maybe the most important position on your offensive line hasn't been and still isn't 100% or able to play. And that's that's a huge storyline going into the season and, and, and kind of the success and, and kind of how we're supposed to measure what Tyrod Taylor's doing is, is listen, he needs an opportunity to, to, to throw the ball. And he did, in my opinion, have opportunities last week to – to throw the ball on his third step, but chose not to. And, uh, you know, I'll have in my breakdown, which will be out tomorrow morning uh, up at cover1.net is, you know, there's a lot of instances where, you know, a, a one yard gain could have been a four yard gain. And that means a lot when it's second and seven and a one yard gain makes a third and six on your own five or the difference of third and three on the, you know, on your own seven. I mean, that, that makes a difference. Exactly. Um, you're talking about inches in this game. And, and when you're throwing a guy a second late, it doesn't give him the opportunity to turn up field. And against this defense, they're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. And I think that's maybe playing out of the hands of what is the strength of Tyrod Taylor. So then you look at, well, if he's unable to get the ball out quickly, what is he looking at the cornerback situation? Well, they're three deep. At, and, and this may be the deepest group of cornerbacks they're going to face all season long with Bradley Roby being their third. For God's sakes, Bradley Roby could be a lot of teams' number one corner. And he's the third or nickelback in the situation. And you look at Aqib Tlaib, obviously, one of the most physical guys at the line of scrimmage you're going to face in the league. And then on the other side, Chris Harris, who's turned himself into a really elite corner. Yeah, I mean, as much as we like to talk about how Denver's uh, front seven is spectacular, to be honest, their secondary is even better. Uh, you, you said it, both, uh, both starting cornerbacks and the nickel are good enough to be the number one for uh, you know, 20 other teams in the league. And when you're looking at comparing that against you know, Andre Holmes, rookie Zay Jones, I, it's, I, I think that you, know, you, you hope that they're going to get something. And I think we'd, we'd like to see that the Bills maybe uh, play, with, play with the pre-snap motion a little bit, you know, have, have a tight end go out into the slot, have a running back go out wide. If they can exploit some man or zone coverages, they might be able to find an opening, but it's going to be really, really tough sledding. Um, if there is a weakness in this Denver defense, it might be the safeties. Uh, both of them are younger, but at the same time, they're also excellent athletes. Justin Simmons, who's a rookie this year, uh, and Darian Stewart, they're, they're both great prospects coming out of college, and uh, Darian Stewart was an excellent box safety this past week against the Cowboys. So uh, you might be able to pick on them deep, but I don't, I don't know how you get deep to, <laughs> to pick on them in the first place. Right. I mean, you need time to get to those, especially double moves this week. I, I just think have to be thrown away um, thinking about what you're going to have to, the kind of time you're going to need in the pocket to throw a double move. I think they're out this week, knowing especially if they don't have a guy that's a burner out there. 
And uh, listen, this is this is one of those games that you go into and you realize that you're facing an elite defense in an offense that's sort of playing better than people gave them credit for. I wasn't going in to the I truthfully when I went into the season and I picked the Bills to go four and twelve. This was a game I felt pretty comfortable that they had have a chance to win. Um, I don't look at that situation now. I, I look at this team as I think far better than what people thought they would be at least early on in the season. Listen, they manhandled a 15 or a 14 win. I think it was a 15 win Dallas Cowboys team last season that has one of the best running attacks and one of the best offensive lines in the league. And they manhandled them. And one of the tweets that I saw today was that during that game, during all nine of Ezekiel Elliott's runs, there was an unaccounted man in the box during all of those runs, basically meaning they're just have more men than, than the offense can block. And that scares the heck out of me going into this matchup. Yeah, uh, I think the Bills, if they want to win this game, they need to get serious about out-scheming the defense and really trying to get man advantages where they can. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't really see that against Carolina, or at least they didn't execute on those types of plays. But if there are things that the Bills can set up, whether it's screens or taking advantage of man coverage to have Tyrod scramble for a first down uh, or or having bringing in the, the zone reads or, or the option plays, there, there are ways that they could uh, at least bring in some uncertainty into this matchup, and that might give them the best chance of gaining an edge over, over the defense. I think, I think it's possible that they can hold this offense in check just a bit based on the returns we've seen from the first two games, but uh, it, it just seems like it's a, we're being outmatched uh, kind of across the board here, so... Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a tough competition. Yeah, and I mean, you saw last week what a vertical passing attack looked like with Carolina because, you know, you saw a lot of deep ends. You saw a lot of, um, you know, comeback routes. You saw a lot of post moves. You just saw a, what a vertical passing attack looks like. And then you saw what the Bills were doing, and you were like, man, it doesn't even look like they're playing the same sport. And uh, it, Yeah, it, exactly. It, and it's crazy to me, and, and you – you go into this matchup with another injury, maybe to, again, your most important offensive lineman, and, and you look at what you're going up against the defense. I think you said it perfectly is, you know, the Bills don't have a player that can create a mismatch right now. And the only player that is is LaShawn McCoy. And it's difficult for a running back to do that behind in the backfield. Um, I mean, you can in certain cases, but they're keyed on him. And, and that was the one thing that I liked about what the Carolina Panthers did last week is adding Christian McCaffrey added an element to that offense that they can create a mismatch someplace on the field. And, you know, I'm not saying the Bills should have gotten Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying they need more players that can create a mismatch, whether it's with size or athleticism. They just don't have it right now. Yeah, and that's something we're just going to be hearing about probably for the rest of the year is uh, the Bills right now on, on offense, they don't have the skill position players to create mismatches or, or compete against upper-level defenders, just not right now. They've got McCoy, who's great. Uh, Taylor can be a threat in the running game, but outside of that, uh, they're, they're still looking for help. All right, Dan, appreciate you hopping on with us here tonight. Um, any other th- Anything else that we didn't catch for this uh this uh, preview of the game no i think uh the special teams uh, it's not going to be played in denver so there aren't going to be any ridiculous 58 yard field goals getting kicked but uh brandon mcmanus is still very good as a place kicker so uh i i think we've we've pretty much covered all the bases here the bills have a very tough matchup and uh they're going to have to put in some tricks if they want to try to win this one 
All right, beautiful. Be sure to check us out at CoverOne.net or LockedOnBills.com. We are now one, so uh, make sure you check us out there. You can check all of our written content, all of our draft breakdowns, all of our film breakdowns will be up there at CoverOne.net, LockedOnBills.com. That's another edition of Locked on Bills, the podcast. Thanks for listening.